Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to McKnight Tonight. My guest is absolutely loved by comedians. In fact, I don't think there's anyone who has more goodwill than this actor, model, tickle fetish video star and all-round good guy. It's the one and only Ash Williams. Ash, are you fired up? Fired up. Uh, welcome to McKnight Tonight. McKnight Tonight. <laughs> McKnight Tonight. Jeez, what a tune. Uh, You've got to have a catchy theme song. Oh, mate, if that doesn't get you fired up, nothing wrong. <laughs> but, mate, I just want to correct you uh, with my little intro there. Uh, retired model. Retired? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, had a, I had like a couple of good months and that was it. So, um, you know. So, hang what? on, if someone came and put down some cold, hard cash, you, you, you would turn that down? Oh, of course not. <laughs> I mean, of course not. But. Um, you know, just, you know, fuck it. Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> of course you are. Um, you know, with everything that you've done, I'm really not sure to where, where to begin um, because you've actually shared a lot of your experiences um, in comedy routines, in a lot of podcasts. I first became aware of you on the I Love Green Guide Letters yes. podcast with Steel Saunders. Yeah. Um, is that where you sort of became were you always known in the comedy community or is that was it that podcast that started getting you re-known here oh, i don't know mate i mean if we graphed it i reckon you could probably have a spike with Husey and kate um yes but you know what it's like podcast listeners are a different breed so uh and podcasting back then when i was doing i love green guide letters was kind of um you know the the innovative or the innovative time for podcasting. Um, this is five years ago, six years mm. ago. So, you know, early adopters, as the marketers would say, were on board. And then I was like, these podcast fans are fucking crazy, <laughs> and they, they were my kind of breed. Yeah. yeah, their blood pumped at a certain beat PM, a BPM. So whatever, man, I, I enjoyed that. And then I've kind of kept going with the podcasts. And um, yeah, big shout out to Steel though for having me on. I love Green Guide. All, all those years ago. Yes. Actually, love- how that happened? Sorry, Rob. I wasn't meant to be on the show. So what, really? Yeah, no, no. I um I was sitting at um, Crescent Heights food court. There, there's a Starbucks with Ed Cavalier, and Ed was meant to go on with Sam Simmons. You know, Sam Simmons, the comedian, yep. and uh, they were doing it at the whatever some hotel where Steel was, and then I'm sipping iced coffee with Ed, and Ed said Sam Simmons can't do it. We need a fill-in. Do you want to do it? <laughs> is, is that really how it yeah, came to be? Yeah, and I said, and still didn't really know me. Still's like, who's this guy at? <laughs> so then I turned up and the rest is history. That's hilarious. What do you love about the entertainment industry? Oh, uh, bro, I mean, I love that there's no specific freeway to go on. Mm. I mean, there used to be. There used to be only one freeway. But now there's, um, you know, freeways, roads, back alleys. And I like to think that I hang around the back alleys. Uh, and every now and then I hitchhike onto onto a freeway or, or whatever. But, like, you know, back alleys is where you can have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's a very good point. Look at your podcast. Yeah. Um, it's created a whole way of you connecting with an audience. Once upon a time you either had to go on TV, radio, right, and, and you were... Basically, you couldn't be anybody without the approval of some kind of executive. Mm. But now in the world of social media and podcasting, anyone can do anything mm. and connect with an audience. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, podcasting 
with my podcast, I just, you know, turn on the microphone and yell into it <laughs> on my own. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's not until you listen back to it that you go, because you don't have that immediate laughter with, with a co-host or an audience, mm. um, you don't sometimes know whether it's a good podcast or, or an average one. But, uh, you know, there, there's a certain um, freedom with podcasting that uh, the standards are low. <laughs> <laughs> well, or the it, expectation's low. Well, yes, but people don't stay with podcasts they don't like. No. And yours is certainly gaining traction. But it is a very different podcast from the point of view there is most of the time it is only you. Not many podcasts have a solo act. Yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say is um, that there are no rules. Yeah. So when I say the standards are low, I mean like the, the code of standards are, mm-hmm. are kind of non-existent. I, mm. I thought I would have gotten a warning um, <laughs> of some sort by now, but I'm still, you know, on, on zero. But uh, well, I should get a warning soon. I'm very confident. Um, you talked about the back alley. Do you feel you've been in and around the entertainment industry for a long time? Do you feel like you've always been on the fringes and haven't made it to um, that level of pure fame? Um, because you've got you, you you're quite well known, yeah. But you haven't been given that TV show nah, that, yeah, for sure. I think you're right. Um, I think it's all about you know how you cut it in your brain in the sense of like how are you cutting your experience at that point in time. So maybe a few years ago I was thinking that like yeah, um, I just need that vehicle. If only I can be the bachelor, or, or if only I can whatever, you know, have some protagonist role on on a show, I will make it. I will be famous and I will whatever, you know, be harassed down the street, which is, you know, my dream. So, <laughs> um, But what I've realised now is just that, like, just just make it happen. Just get, get like, you know what I mean? It's like if we're going to use a, a car analogy again on the freeway, just get in the car and... Mm. You know, you might not have a, an accelerator or a Ferrari that goes, you know, whatever, but just, just do it Fred Flintstone and start running with your car and at least have some movement because I'm all about if the phone doesn't go now from said TV producer, um, not you, Rob, but like <laughs> God knows you're calling me all the time. But, uh, um, but no, it's like, you know, what you, what are you going to do if the phone doesn't ring? And it's it's mm. it's um, it's liberating to not having, having to pander to you know, radio stations or, mm. or reality TV shows uh, and they're going to be the beholder of your success. Yeah. I don't need that anymore. Um, you know, I think we, we equate success with how much money you make and it's important. You've got to be able to put bread on the table but, like, you know, you, you've just got to keep things moving and uh, that, that's what I'm, I'm trying to do at the moment and and um, I'm, I am fired up. I, mean, I use that term a lot but I actually am fired up about um, my career and what I'm doing and, and, and my fans too because they're all fired up. <laughs> <laughs> Your fans are fired oh, up. They're animal. They're, well, you know you... what, Rob? I, honestly, I, I feel like a cult leader of, of sorts because I feel like mm-hmm. I've started something and it's like, oh, my God, these people are crazy. Like <laughs> you need to calm down. So When you're telling people to calm down, <laughs> you yeah. know that there's an issue, Well, because right? they look to me as they, their leader and I'm like... I don't know. <laughs> but I can't tell them that. <laughs> hey, I want to go back. Before you went to LA, mm. you were starting to make inroads in this country. You were appearing on the project. You were doing radio and all that kind of stuff. What made you decide to move to LA? It was a no-brainer. Like, you know what I mean? Just in the sense that I didn't really use my brain to, um, to, <laughs> to think about it. But I, I was doing Husey and Kate, um, you know, for three years with Ed Cavalier and I, yeah. I was lucky enough to be given, you know, a bit of a platform with that show. They, they gave me a lot of handballs and said, you know, do, do what you want really. Like we're, we're going to lean on you for stories and, and you know, I, it was a really good training ground. But um, I wanted more and uh, at the end of the thing, it was end of 2011, um, it just wasn't kind of um, simpatico with me or Ed so we we left and then I was like thinking what am I going to do um, Ed and I were trying to get a show up at Nova uh, one of the bosses basically said that's 
definitely not going to happen. Um, so I was like... See, I still can't get that. You and Ed have such a chemistry. It is a show literally waiting to happen. Radio tries to manufacture chemistry between mm. the talent and it most often doesn't work out. Yeah. You have two guys here with such a backstory who know each other, who can tell funny stories. I'm today still shocked that you two don't have a radio show together. Yeah. I Look, you know, we um, without saying who it was for, we trialled um, for a drive radio spot right. uh, and th- those trials went really well, um, you know, so much so that Ed even thought that, we, we might have had it. And Ed is usually super cautious with mm-hmm. his predictions. Um, so he was like, Man, we, we're actually a fucking chance here. Um, but that didn't happen. But, you know, what can you do? It's just, it's again, it's like... You just need the one right person on your side. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. To make it happen in anything, right? Do you know what? You can't explain a formula if people don't understand the language. Yeah. And some people just don't get it. And that's not any fault of their own some people just you know we're all different so um ed's obviously one of the most talented you know probably the most talented all-rounder in the country i'd say in comedy yeah um tv radio um very unselfish handballs and sets me up and sets everyone up for the greater good of the show so he's basically a an undercover producer as well Mm. uh very generous performer very generous so look you know, whether we get a chance to, to work together um, on radio remains to be seen. But, of course, we, we've got that, um, that, that chemistry that's so fun. It's so fun to, to work with Ed. And well, the- I just love hearing you guys on Team Effort when Ash and Ed – is Ash and Ed coming back? I don't know. I don't think it is because oh. – um, no, I, Ed's really busy. Uh, you know, he's got, he's got a kid. I, that's why I started the Ash Williams Show podcast yeah. because I needed mm. to do something. Um, so let's go back to LA. Mm. So you've made the decision to go. Yes. So, yeah, getting back to that. So, like, I was um, – I remember I was in Chapel Street, February. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was probably about January 20. Josh Lawson, the actor, was in town for a few weeks and um, – I remember I was hanging out a lot with Josh and Ed and I'm like, what am I going to do, mm. you know? So I had about 25000 bucks, and I knew that would keep me going for a couple of years, right? But I, <laughs> I knew that um, I might need to get a job or at least something and I remember lifting weights with um, Josh Lawson at Fitness First Chapel Street and Josh was like, next week I'm going to the Oscars Gifting Lounge which is the precursor to the Oscars and they yeah. give you giveaways and half-price hotels and, you know, 25% off, you know, boats and stuff. I'm like, mate, that sounds like me. And he said, well, I've got a plus one. If you if you can get yourself to LA on this date, then you can have it. Oh, wow. So I said to him, I said, let me think about it. Let me go do some triceps. I'll come back in 15 minutes, right? <laughs> so, I come, <laughs> so I come back and I said, mate, I'm in. And Lawson, he thought I was insane. He goes, what do you mean you're in? I go, I'm in. Okay. I'm, at the time, I owned a property in Windsor. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, I'm going to get a tenant in there and I'm going to essentially go to LA for three months to see what it's like with the ambition to possibly move there. Yeah. So, yeah, and that, that, I just got on a plane. Never been to America. You know, didn't know anyone. Knew Josh and maybe one other person. So you went to the Oscars gift? No. So what happened? What? No. So we went out the night before. So, yeah, so I landed and then the Oscars gifting lounge was in two days' time and we went out the night before and got so hammered on margaritas <laughs> that we missed the Oscars gifting lounge. So because I remember waking up at like 10 a.m. and I was like, Lawson, He's like, who's this? I go, Tash, we were drinking last night. And he's like, I go, where are we going to the uh, gifting lounge? He goes, mate, I've just found out that it was on like an hour ago. And I'm like, <laughs> he didn't sound like he cared. I, I yeah. was actually relying on that. Yes. Yeah. You, you wanted the freebies. <laughs> I just wanted something. Yeah. Um, so what was, what was the biggest obstacle you had to overcome being in LA? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know if there were any obstacles. Like I got to tell you, I mean, I know that sounds um, almost ignorant to say that, but like the 
the the vibe and the flow of LA suited me because it's very. Um, it seems very good. Yeah, it's also very open. If you if you're if you're it's not like a pinball machine. It's like if you if you're happy to pinball around to people and meet people, mm. um, then LA is pretty cool. Of course, everyone you meet, you know, um, there's certain levels of bullshit. But yeah. like you know, there, there's some good people, you know, uh, amongst the liars. So. But even the lie, I could tell. I, could, it's, I, I think what saved me is I went over to LA when I was 30. If I went to LA when I was, you know, 25 or younger, you just don't have the, the years under your belt. So, um, yeah, man, I, I don't know. Did, it, did you get done over by anyone while you were over there? Not badly. Like, not, not that I can remember. Yeah. Um, uh, a couple of girlfriends. No, nah, I, um, <laughs> nah, I, I, you know, I just... You wouldn't call it being done over, but I yeah. wasted a lot of time trying to get like they were going to do a pilot like um, based on me. So like it was going to be like a reality show and I was going to be doing all of these odd jobs because basically I lived in LA for 12 to 18 months by working odd jobs off the internet. And, yeah. You know, I've spoken about these at length, but, um, you know, I was, I was essentially an internet worker, right, and I would just – prostitute myself out in some way or shape or form it, you know a classy man i don't even know if you can say that <laughs> word um but um and then i had all of these jobs so i had like 30 jobs and so what i was doing was working on a show with um a production company a very, a very illustrious one and it you know if you, if you talk about being done over as in like wasting hours upon hours of your time you know with nothing to show for it then possibly but yeah but that you've got to give that a go right it's part of it mate you've got to have a horse in the race you yeah. know it's and also it's show business so every, everything's like that that's why you need a few horses in the race yeah um and, uh, and and not all projects get up so it's all good i mean you you've spoken about the jobs you've done with the tickle videos yeah. and yeah. um vodka shots and all yeah. that kind of stuff but one of the things I, I I actually based a segment on Studio Ten around it was the high heel Guinness yes. World Record yes. attempt you you did. Um, I think it was True TV from yeah, it memory. Was. It was. Well done. Um, I, actually, I've got a clip. Let's have a listen. A high heel race. I'm excited. I just wanted to set a really fast time. Get set. to a fast start. Unfortunately, he overplays his ability. <laughs> Just as quickly, he stumbles and falls behind Jesse and Forrest. How much fun was it doing stuff like that? Because you were literally in a pair of high heels, you've come running out, yeah. you got, and you look like you're going to you look like you've been wearing high heels your whole life yeah. and you were going to win it, right? <laughs> yeah. And then you've just Completely lost it. Yeah, well, I took it um, seriously. Like, you know, I taped my or strapped my ankles and, um, you know, what I found out though when I turned up to the filming is that a lot of the guys brought their own high heels. I didn't know uh. you could do that. So that was a, an unfair advantage because they could, like, you know, <laughs> practice. No, I love the fact you're looking at me so intensely oh, right mate, now. I'm still, like, I'm still it, filthy It's like about it's it. bringing back bad memories for you. Yeah, it's just um, I feel like I was <laughs> jilted. You know, I was like they're on uh, anabolic steroids. They're, they're the Ben Johnson of the high heels races. But, like, you know. Is that because you like to win? Oh, I love to win. Yeah, I love to win. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's 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 simple because you know I've got a tennis background. So like mm -hmm. when I was young, um, you know, I played a lot of tennis and um, yes, could have turned pro. Um, not my word, not my <laughs> words. Um, but um, but uh, look, you know, and then being the eldest of like you know I've got three younger brothers. You know, you're just competitive, and, I, and I'm I'm uber competitive. But I guess the reason why I wanted to win that high heels race was because. I wanted to get as much TV exposure as possible. More screen time. Yeah. And I just landed in LA when I did that. Oh, that was yeah, right yeah, at the that beginning, was early. Was it? I got paid 50 bucks for that cash. <laughs> but I could bring a friend. I actually would have thought you'd get a little bit more than that. I think it's a little bit less. <laughs> 50 bucks. So it's all very, um, I don't know, it's pretty dodgy over there because you've got like... Um, There's so many people wanting to get a break, right? Also, you've got union and non-union. Yeah. So all of the non-union stuff is like just, yeah, you're going to get ripped off. But like right. if you know that's the deal, then you, you, you're happy. <laughs> you're just like 50 bucks cash plus you get unlimited food for the whole day and you're like, this is cool. And plus you can bring a friend. I'm like, I brought my mate Marty. And I was like, mate, guess what? 
you're, you're, you're on a film set. <laughs> <laughs> and there's free food for the It day. was the greatest. I still remember walking into the, um, the buffet area and it was just magic. And then I said, um, you know, can, can we just eat from any, um, what do you call it, saucepan? And they're like, any saucepan you want. I'm like, yes, it's Hollywood. <laughs> and then they pointed to the high heels on the floor and I was like, they said, pick whichever ones you want. And there were three or four and I just picked the gold ones just because. You went for the flare. Yeah, and I, I had this thing where I was wearing gold hot pants like years and years ago for, for a yep. um, Claire Bachelor campaign. So the gold resonated with me. But, uh, yeah, mate, fucking L.A. Time flies. I still remember that day vividly. So is that what LA for you was like, though, looking for opportunities where, one, I can get money and food, you know, like because you, you're, you're having to be careful about your budget, right? Yeah. You know, I, I guess sometimes you do things without thinking about what you're doing or or understanding why you're doing it. Yeah. So it took me maybe 10 months to understand and also by speaking to Ed, um, Ed Cavalier, who... who you know, it's still very good friends with. Um, he would hear my stories and it's almost like he just was like... Because when you're driving the, the car, you, you don't realise how crazy the stories are. Yeah. And so then it, it was like, so you're doing what? You did that and you're doing that at the gay bar? You're charging what? You're letting them, <laughs> you're letting them do what? And then, like, you know, um, then I realised that this was kind of a formula to get material to then use in stand-up, to then use in whatever. So it's been a gold mine for it you has. since coming it's, back. It's been amazing. But you know what? Now Robert's got to stop because, um, you know, I'm happy to talk about these stories, but uh, I've been living in um, Bondi now for, you know, eight months yeah. but, and I've got some new Bondi material and I'm working on a show now for next year uh, for the Melbourne Sydney Comedy Festivals. Um, that will be 100% um, unabated fresh content, fresh Fabulous. stories, all real, all true. Um, and is Lockie Hume helping you with that no, show? No, he's not. Oh my! Well, but, he said on Team Effort that he was going to produce the show for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Lockie, uh, we put the call out on Team Effort podcast that uh, I was looking for a producer, and then Lockie was going to come on board. Yeah. But Lockie, you know, we spoke about it, but yeah, Lockie's too crazy, and um, <laughs> you know. You can't have two crazy people. I've got now another guy. Um, I won't name him, but um, but once, yeah, you know, he, he works in TV and he's and he's a he's a hard worker and and he understands structure and yeah. and all that stuff. So he's um, kind of helping me in a way of getting all of my ingredients, and then we're going to try and make it into a you know tasty souffle without with only the best ingredients. Fabulous. Yeah. Um, how hard or did it get hard in LA? Were there times where you felt down and out? Um, I think it. I think it definitely gets hard. I mean, mm-hmm. otherwise you're not human. I mean, or you're not pushing mm-hmm. yourself hard enough. Um, LA is a lonely place. Like it, you've got to be be matched tough. You've got to. You've got to. I mean, I, but what I do is a very selfish pursuit anyway. And like, and, and you, you kind of. Um, use the analogy of tennis and, and whatever, it's like you know, a lot of it has um, parallels with life. So, like, you know, I'm, I'm I suppose, match tough in the sense of, like, I'm, I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to, to show people what I've got. Um, and, yeah, LA has those moments, like anywhere, um, like uh, peaks, peaks and troughs and um, it's all good. It's all good. Sometimes you can get the best material out of, Whatever you know, the the lonely times or you know, if well, the hard times and the tough times make great stories, right? Well, that's it. What's the old comedy uh, formula? Um, what is it? Tragedy plus time <laughs> equals comedy. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, you, you know, there, there's always there's always content and and stories, um, and again, some of them are during the harder times. You know, we're during breakups or when you've been fired or whatever. And it's it's sometimes not until you you look back on it. Um, and you think, geez, yeah, that is funny. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. When you got to do anger management, yeah. was that a moment where you felt, I've made it? Like you're actually got a speaking role, you're on a set with Martin Sheen? Uh, I certainly thought I'm going all right. Yeah. Because not many other Aussies back then, even to this day, have done comedy sitcoms mm. of that ilk. Um, you know, Martin Sheen, Charlie Sheen. Um, so, and I backed, I backed my strategy in the auditions too because I just went in and just did what I thought was funny. Uh, it was never meant to be in Australian accent. I just did it in Australian and... It worked. So, but, you know, I, I think it's, I just think sometimes, I, I like comedy acting, but I think sometimes with acting, it's, it's a little, each to their own, but for me, I just find acting a little bit, um, I don't know, not not um, enjoying the pie. You're enjoying the pie without the sauce. I, I like live things. I like things that are Is that full. because you like the spontaneity of how things can go wrong and how you have to react to things? Yeah, and I just love being able to utilise uh, who I am um, because I think that that's my strength, yeah. my stories, um, you know, everything that I've, I've learned and garnered, um, be it stories, be it comedy skills or, or whatever, is I, that all goes in to doing things in the moment and I think that acting, good luck to you, but like, there's so many great actors out there and it's like, Again, it's like, you know, if that's your cup of tea, then, then so be it. But, you know, for me, I just find it um, uh, a little bit limiting. No, you should absolutely. Your your path is 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 the freedom to um, podcasting and stand-up. And, of course, I still can't believe you haven't been The Bachelor. Yeah. I mean, look, Robbie, it's... Uh, I, I cannot believe it. I, I think it's... That's a no-brainer. But, you know, I told you what happened with that. I told you. I'm pretty sure. Like, you know, that flew me up... Um, you know, and they were like, "Do you want to be the Bachelor?" I did the uh, the pre-interview meeting with the cameras and stuff, and you know, it's all good. It's everything. I really do believe in. Did they ever a, tell you why it didn't? Yeah, yeah. The feedback was they didn't think that I was truly ready to fall in love. Ah, yeah. But do you agree with that? Um, <clears throat> no, no, I think it was. I think it was. Uh, you yeah. seem pretty open to. The opportunity, if it was there, if the right person was there. Well, what happened? I mean, as a so I walk in there, and then they, um, for the first ten to fifteen minutes, there's four people in the room. It's kind of like you're performing to couple four XX, you know, ex, you know, or, or X Factor judges, right? <laughs> and they're all there, and then they kept leaning on stories about LA, right? Yeah. And I've got like old pre-written stand-up stories, so I went into almost stand-up mode, right. and I was getting. The laughs, which is what I'm kind of predisposed to do, um, and maybe I went for too many laughs. Maybe, I think I probably did. did they... ten, I probably opened, did ten to fifteen minutes of like stand up at the start, <laughs> but like they wanted the more stoic stuff, which I reckon they I, wanted authenticity. Yeah, but I reckon I brought that home towards the end. But at the end of the day, again, I'm so thankful that I'm not the Bachelor um, because it forced me to to create something else and and create the Ash Rhythm Show podcast. And what it, it also, aside from that, it actually made me. Um, dig in a bit and and um, and hustle, because yeah. the great thing that LA teaches you is to hustle. No one owes you anything. No one really knows who you are. You need to introduce yourself. You need to be hungry, or you'll get nowhere. Um, and I think sometimes in Australia, um, you know, you can. For me, anyway, I was I was starting to get a little bit complacent, um, thinking you're too good for some jobs. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever and. Uh, yeah, I, I just got hungry again and um, that was kind of a key uh, ingredient for me moving to Sydney because I needed to build my profile in Sydney because I'm missing out on these jobs like The Bachelor because I'm not as known either yes. in Sydney. Yeah, you're very well known in Melbourne, in Melbourne I'm, but there's I'm an argument known. you're not as well known in Sydney. Yeah. That is changing, I feel. It is changing, yeah. So, you know, I'm just um, I'm fired up and, um, you know, I keep using that term but it's... It describes you, though. It does. It does. And I guess, I don't know, man, you, you got to enjoy what you do and I enjoy getting up and, and making things happen. So since you – what was the ter- determining factor on coming back from LA, though? Um, truth be told, 
Um, I'd run out of money. No, I'd... Um, uh, I'd that's act- a fair reason. No, no, but I'd always run out of money. <laughs> like, mate, honestly, the number of times... It was like a, a you know, rent race every month. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I'd, I'd have like, you know, five days to make rent. But... Um, I just been offered uh, a soft offer to be a doctor on Days of Our Lives, right? And they said, you're our doctor. And I was like, I've got to go back for a wedding. Ed Cavalier was getting married to Tiffany Hall. Yep. And they said, you can't go, you're our doctor. And I said, listen, if you make me an offer, I'll stay. And um, sliding doors, Robbie, because I remember, you know, as much as I love Ed and Tiff, I was like, I, I was plugged into the LA main vein. I was, yeah. you know bleeding LA I genuinely thought I'd never live back in Australia right and I remember being at Ralph's supermarket and I I think I spoke to Kate Langbrook and I was like Kate I've got this I've got that and um, I don't know if I can come back and she said Ash you've got to come back all right again if they make you an offer they make you an offer so then I came back to Australia for the wedding with the the view of going back to LA within 10 days but I never got back to LA because uh, a few opportunities popped up in Australia and then I was like, hang on, I'm making some money here. Yeah. I don't have to hustle as hard and I can start building, you know, my brand a bit quicker here. Yep. So that that was why I never went back. Um, and I, I don't think I would go back, um, you know, under those – I don't think I'd go back if I was working there on sure. something I wanted to work on. That's amazing. The thought of you as a doctor on Days of Our Lives. Yeah. I, I like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, look, I know how to be a doctor. It's because, well, you know, my dad's a doctor, my brother's a doctor, like, for real, mum's. Presumably you'd be the topless doctor. (laughs) Yeah, I'd be, um, yeah, I'd be the the dodgy doctor, I'd I'd hope, like, uh, yeah, there's... (laughs) The the doctor who's who's doing the the wrong things. (laughs) (laughs) So, after all this, you've Mm. come back from LA, you're, you're, you're setting up shop in Australia, you've moved to Bondi, what is the Ash Williams brand? You know, everyone talks about brand. What is the Ash Williams brand? Yeah, it's it's such a wanky thing to talk about. It really is. I, I know. No, I, no, but I brought it up. Even when I said that, I was like, I, I'm one of those guys. But I love the guys who work in, work in cafes and they're like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, um, it's, it's, it's wrong for my brand. I'm like, mate, you're, <laughs> you're, you're making fucking cappuccinos. <laughs> the fuck you? Anyway, um, but, um, dude, I think... It depends what we're talking about. Like, again, it's like I think it's just real but stories. Authenticity I think is absolutely your brand and is it about making deals? You know, like you talk about the hustle and you're always talking about the deals, you know, like mm. I think that's part of your brand. Yeah. And I, I think that's why people get on your side, you know, because you're giving it a go and they want to see you succeed. Also, I'm telling uh, my listeners all of the the – the gory details. I'm not one who will keep the truth from listeners, so I think they feel like they, they can peek behind the curtain. Yes. Um, you know, does at, that at what's a, going on? Does that cause a problem in relationships? Yeah, because of course. you are so honest. Yeah, of course, and th- that's something you know I've got to take into consideration. But you know, I I, I always want to produce the best content. I always want to, you know. Get the laugh. So, you know, until I can meet a girl um, Who can who, who's that. up for that and understands that we would be, you know, you would be comedy material in a, the, you know, maybe I'll make something up about you. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> who knows? But, like, you know, it's like, it's also not to be taken seriously. It's like, yeah. who cares? A lot of girls who I get into relationships with, they're like, oh, you said this on the radio. And I'm like, did I? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you said that about such and such, or you said such and such was cute. I'm like, I don't know. I was just, I was just being polite. It's like the, the, we don't need to stress out about anything. Don't worry, I, I I get it because I have gotten in trouble for saying stuff publicly too. Yeah. <laughs> so look, I don't a bit know. harder in a marriage. Let me tell it you, it would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, it's all good, man. Um, well, when you talk about your brand, let's have a listen to basically your brand on show in a commercial. I want to take the audience for a ride, whether that's in front of the camera or a live audience. I love doing stand-up. I'm always ready to step on stage. Every show is different and anything can happen. 
I've got to be ready for whatever the audience throws at me. My life could take me anywhere at any time. But no matter what tomorrow holds, I'm ready to hit the ground running. What do you think when you hear that? Is that brain dash? No, nah, not really. I think, I think it's a little bit too polished. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was a... I was reading a script that I didn't write. Um, but it, like, It's funny you say that. It doesn't feel real. Yeah. I it, mean, it doesn't <clears throat> feel like Ash Williams. Well, you remember too, it was um, two years ago, probably three years ago, mm. and, um, you know, I think it was a creative agency who said, uh, here you go, read this. And, um, you know, it's like, fuck, I think I changed it a little bit, but, you know, it's all good. I mean, three years... Seems like a long, feels like a long time ago. I, I, I wouldn't, no, it's I wouldn't an read eternity. that. I wouldn't read that now. Yeah. Um, but again, that was I got paid really well for that. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I don't wear their shoes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you you mentioned that you almost got the gig as the doctor in Days of Our Lives, but you did get a soap. You went on to Neighbours. Mm. What was that experience like? Yeah, that was, um, you know. You know, I mentioned I'm a retired model, if you want to call it that. I didn't really model, but, like, you know, I did a little bit. You did a few uh, book covers, mate, romance I did a few, covers. yeah, I did whatever. You've got to be a, a yes man if you want to make it in show business. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the, exactly. Just just have as many opportunities as you can. And um, I spoke to my then modelling agent who I hadn't worked with in, you know, 18 months. And I said, listen, let's get a coffee. Why are we working together? Because unless you can tell me why you know, we're continuing this relationship, then I think we should... So you laid it on the line. Yeah, I said, well, what are we doing? In the nicest possible way. I just said, well, what are we doing? How can we help each other? Otherwise, we, we leave, um, you know, amicably. And they said, listen, I said, what can you do for me? And they said, well, what about Neighbours? Do you want to do Neighbours? We have a relationship with them. I said, yes, get me an audition for them. So then I got a call the next day saying, there's an audition. You're the only person auditioning. It's for this role. Blah, blah, blah. Went in there, went well. They called me up and said, you know, you can do a three or four month role and that was it. Yep. So, um, yeah, it was fine, man. It was fine. Uh, again, I, I wouldn't want to do it anymore. I just found it limiting. Uh, it's, it, it's interesting seeing your body language talking about that. It doesn't look like it was a good experience for you. It was just like a lot of work yeah. and it pulls, you, pulls me away from like what I want to do. Like you've got to memorise all the lines and it's just, I don't know, man. I mean, nothing nothing against dramatic actors, each to their own. You know, we all like eating different food. But, like, yeah. I just found it um, a little bit uh, – I'm used to some really high highs and I just didn't even get near it. Ah, this is interesting. So in the creative field, I think we do work off the, the adrenaline rush we get from creativity, right? Mm. So and, – and then you hit the – the lows. Well, I certainly do. So, yeah. um, so you weren't getting that creative high from doing neighbours. No, I felt like um, a hamster on the hamster wheel, and I felt like that's the closest I've come in years to to working a nine to five. Yeah, and I'm I'm there reading um, lines that someone else has written, and you know, it's a more dramatic role. And I just found it a little bit robotic. So when you're not getting that creative high, do you start crashing or um, do you get the really highs and the real No, because I was still doing I was still being I was still doing podcasts and still doing stand up. So you're getting that creative outlet. Yeah, absolutely, but not as much as I wanted because I was having to work hard. I had to bust my guts yeah. to actually do that dramatic stuff because what I'm a very animated person. I had mm-hmm. to pull back the anima- animation. So it's you know, some people can't do comedy. I mean, or they, or they they struggle to do something that's this skewed that way. Yeah, I'm probably the other way. Whereas, like, if it's got to be less on it, I've got to work hard to do less. I see. That makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, I was working with an acting coach from LA. Um, you know, just just getting getting things down. 
you know. Um, and was but it, you did try to make it work. You were trying to push it pub- with, on the publicity front. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, it's all good, man. Like I got to tell you, man. Like that dramatic acting. It's like the tenth or eleventh thing that I would do. You look at like all of the the vocations or the types of entertainment work that I do and want to mm. do. It's about tenth or eleventh. Yeah. It came up because there was an opportunity, and I saw that purely as a profile builder. Yeah. Um, and that's why I thought, oh, yeah, three four months, all good. We can we can tick that box, and I'm glad I did it. So. Um, yeah, passed a lot of dudes. <laughs> um, how important is friendship to you? Um, it's a good question. Um, it's important, but also I'm not someone who would stay in a friendship um, for loyalty. I think um, you can like like... We all, we all grow out it. We, we all outgrow each other. Sometimes we, we don't. Sometimes you can go at the same mm. pace and, and be lucky enough to have friends for life. But like you know, I've got like old school friends that I'm still friends with. But like you know, you, you're not best mates like you used to be. I'm more best mates now with people who work in comedy or people who you know I've got like interests like-minded with. Like-minded people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they get all of the references. They and and they understand what I'm trying to do, and I understand what they're trying to do. The bond between you and Ed seems very very tight. Yeah, it's good. It's good. You know, we um, we speak we speak a lot. We mm. speak probably every day. Right. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's uh, – but we just talk about nonsense. Like we really, <laughs> no, honestly, we just – like I know Tiff Ed's wife is um, always <laughs> – you know, if Tiff gets home or whatever, it's like Ed's been caught with his hand in the cookie jar. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he's like mate, uh, Tiff's home. I've got to go. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, we just – we absolutely just talk nonsense. Yeah. Um, and and is that the bond? Is that um, is he your best friend? Um, I don't know. I think I've got a few best friends. Um, so. But you're quite comfortable within yourself, aren't you? You know, like you talked about being the solo in LA and living by yourself, I, and you're very, quite comfortable with. That. I love it. Like I enjoy my own time. I I really just. You know, man, I just I, – I have fun. I've got to tell you, like, I just find everything quite funny. Which is quite interesting to me because you're, you, you, you're so engaging at talking to people. You can walk into a room and, and just talk to anyone. Personally, nothing could give me more fear than that. I, I can't go into a room and just talk to anyone. But you are the kind of person who can, but you still like that solitude. Yeah, I, you know, I um, – Sometimes you need a break. You know, sometimes you just want to bloody eat a burrito. And, uh, you know, I, I met all these people last night because I was um, house hunting and I was loving meeting all of these psychos that wanted me to move in with them. And I, I met this guy who was definitely like a former soldier and like he was going to kill me if I moved in with him. I just knew it. And he's like <laughs> – but also like as I'm in that experience, you know, I'm loving it. Yeah, I'm loving it, and I'm I'm I had like three or four of those experiences last night, and then like afterwards, I just want to go and eat a burrito on my own. Yeah, so that I can um, digest those experiences and go, wow, yeah, cool. It's almost like me collating and mining um, bits of material and stand up or podcast bits, um, you know, because I think you you do need to have that. That light and shade. So are you the kind of person who enjoys the moment or enjoys it more once you've sat and thought about that moment, once you're out of it nah, thinking back on it? No, nah, I'm enjoying the moment. <laughs> I enjoy the moment. But, like, um, I like to be able to sometimes, you know, look, just go, if it's a crazy moment, you go, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> but sometimes you're just not thinking about anything. Sometimes yeah. you're just eating a burrito, which is fine too, you know. Like, you know, sometimes you're talking to someone, you might be out for dinner with someone and you can't be bothered listening to their shit. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? You're I just do. Like, oh, I just want to fucking – and they're like, are you even listening? I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not listening. But, like, you know, it's like – I don't know. I think each to their own. I enjoy just I, – I love going to the gym on my own too. I find it's like a meditative thing. It's like go and pump out some weights and listen to some music or listen to podcasts or whatever. I mean we've all got our own things to relax. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I enjoy I enjoy just going and going you – know, get, getting amongst life and, and meeting people, you know what I mean? So what's your ultimate job? It's a good question, Rob. I – I haven't got an answer for you. Um, I, I I do want to host my own show 
similar to McKnight Tonight. Um, <laughs> but no, no, no. You I, need a catchy theme song. McKnight Tonight is, is what it's going to be called. I'm going to change my name <laughs> to um, Brian McKnight. And then in, in nothing to do with the, the R&B singer. Um, who sang that song? Uh, one, I make your dream come true. Two, oh, did he? I fall in love with you. Yeah, I'm aware he exists. Three, I haven't investigated. Uh, four, uh, you're the only one for me. And five, fr- from five, it really loses uh, its edge. That song, but uh, <laughs> um, but look, I I know I, I can host shows, you know, because like I I like to make around and be the kind of loose comedy talent as they say mm. in inverted commas but like you know i can host a show and, and, and keep the conversation going so i know I can, I can do something like that yeah but um you know i think you just you just wait and see what's um up for grabs and i love doing live stuff and hosting live things and um you know it's a really it's a really interesting question that whole what's your ideal job um because I just want to be doing good things. I want to make mm. good things. So whether that's a really sick stand-up show that's 50 minutes, that's like a ride from go to woe, and I'm like, I'm happy with that. You know, that's that's that, or it's a podcast, you know, or I host some whatever awards night, or I host whatever host the Logies or whatever. Who knows? Dave Fuse might fucking retire from doing his opening gambit. But, um, <laughs> you know, you just want to be doing good things and fucking feeling good, I think. And, um, I think and, that's a great and, answer. And don't you think it also utilising your talent and skill set because mm-hmm. we all, at least I hope all of us have had that feeling when you've done something and you're like, yes. There's no better feeling in the world. It's like, you know... You've played whatever Beethoven's concerto and you, you haven't missed a note and it just feels fucking good. Yeah. And I think that's what we're all striving for, um, things that feel good. So, I mean, that, I think that's the answer. Well, mate, I cannot wait to see what you do next. Yeah, mate. Um, I've got a few few lines in the fire. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you something I'm not doing. What's that? I'm a celebrity. Ah, you're not... You, you're ruling yourself it. out. You're not in the jungle next year. I will year. not be in the jungle next year. And I'm going to say this. I will never be in the jungle. Ash. Really? Why would I? Well, it's good for profile. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I actually still think it is. I, I just think, um, oh, whatever, man. I mean, fuck. Again, it's like, um, yeah, you, you, You've just got to make it make it happen on your own. You've got to make it but happen on I, your own. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I wouldn't do it. I'm. Mm. There was a time when I would. Obviously, we touched on before when all you want is the phone to ring and, and said producer to say, "Will you do this show?" But I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. I mean, fuck it. Why? Why would I? Yeah. Like again, it is a profile builder, but like, that's that's. If you don't need it, you don't need it. I think that's a fair point, mate. Mm. Mm. Um. You can follow Ash on social media at Ash Williams One and Ash and the Ash Williams Show. His podcasts include, but are not limited to, Ash and Ed, although apparently that's no more. Team Effort, and of course the Ash Williams Show. Ash, I have just loved this. Thank you so no, much. No, you know that be, I'm a big fan. There's got to be more questions, Rob. How long are we going for? <laughs> we've, we've done 50 minutes. No, you got to <laughs> ask me some like a couple of. Um, what what do you? Is there any other questions that you feel like you want to ask me? All right. Well, I feel like I'm just warming up. Oh, okay. I thought I was boring you. That's why I warmed no, it up. <laughs> I'll be I, honest. I, I love it. Um, all right. What what's what's the opportunity that you got closest to but missed out on, and that you just think if I had only fucking got that, I would be a star. Um. There is one. I'm just trying to remember what it was. Well, there was something. Fuck. Um, yeah. Wasn't eh. <laughs> how sad is that though? If only I got that, I would have been a star. <laughs> it's like the start to a fucking Judy Garland musical. <laughs> um, no, um, I don't know, bro. I mean, I guess you could say The Bachelor, but who gives a fuck? I don't, I, I don't know. I mean. You know, I was thinking the other day. I, I've I've applied for so many reality shows, like th- through the years. Yeah. 
And one of my funniest, um, this is a ripper actually. I've never told this story in a podcast. This is a ripper. So I was auditioning to be the host for Quizmania. Oh, yeah. This is back in the day, um, Channel 9. And everyone, every, everyone auditioned, like everyone. It's like one of people those from calls. service yep. stations were fucking auditioning. <laughs> and um, I went in and, you know, the script said, because it's one of those games that like, you know, do you think it will float or sink? Uh, text in your number and you can win a $1,000. Yeah. You know, it's on at like 2 a.m. You're just speaking yep. to people who are pulling bongs and stuff. And then you're like, uh, <laughs> the audition said, will the hole punch sink or float, right? The hole punch. So I read that. Yeah. I remember auditioning uh, at my mum's, like out loud into a microphone, into like a PC Thinking, yeah, I got this. This fucking is gonna kill. <laughs> and um, and so anyway, it wasn't until years and years later. I'm talking, I'm talking maybe, maybe ten years later. So right. this happened in like 2001, and I wrote no, maybe 2009. I was talking to a friend, and um, we we're talking about the Quizmania audition, right. and um, he goes, yeah, how about that fucking hole punch? Huh? You you gotta see if it sinks or swim. I go, yeah, mate, yeah, stupid, really. I said, stupid, really. I mean, of course it's gonna sink. And then he goes, what? And I go, you know, the hole punch because the fucking hole punch is made of, you know, it's a stapler. It's really fucking heavy. And he was like, no, you meant to stick the hole punch in the water. You know, like the little round. Oh, <laughs> the bit that comes the out. The little bit that comes out. <laughs> and so I, I remember I said to him, I said, what? And, I, I, you know, my life was flashing before my eyes. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> And I still remember, and and then I just now the look on the producer's face, who was um, Henry Stride, made sense now because I remember going into that audition, seeing the fish tank, saying, "Will the hole punch sink or swim?" <laughs> and then I chucked in the hole, <laughs> hole punch. So you actually did that? No, I chucked the, the whole thing in, <laughs> and then I was like, and it sunk, and it sunk. <laughs> It sunk badly. It sunk badly. And then like um, and then I remember looking to her at the end. I said, Is that it? Is that it? And they're like, thanks for coming in. Thanks for coming in. I was like, you know what? And again, it wasn't until ten years. I thought I killed it. For ten years, I was like, those bastards at Quizmania. But anyway, mate, um mm, Yeah. Anyway, um, Give me another question though, Rob. Give me another one. Or should I ask you a question? What do you want to know about me? Hmm. Well, I want to thank you for um, getting me on Studio 10 because that, oh. was, that, that was actually, um, you know, that was, that was a good launching pad for me to come back to Australia. But um, No, I loved having you on. In fact, uh, people got worried about me because I loved having you on so much. Yeah, 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 <laughs> mate. No, you, we, we did some good stuff with, uh, with Ida and, and, yes. and the guys down there. But... Um, Surely you've got one, one more question, Robbie. Any question? Um, so was that your worst audition or have you had worse? Oh, fuck. I, I can't remember. I'm sure, I'm sure I've had. Okay. Can you get worse than that? I. <laughs> you know what? I was very close to getting on Big Brother as well. I suppose I was very close one year. The, the year that Galen was on. Oh, yeah. I was down to the last 20 or something, like 25. Um, and, um, yeah, that was a good, that was a good, good year that I um, – no, but, you know, I, in terms of bad auditions, I don't I – nothing really – So what happened with Big Brother? I just didn't get in. Oh. <laughs> Great story. No, but, like, I thought I was in. Right. That was fucking crazy, those auditions. Like, that is one – fucking loose audition like they're like all right when we press the buzzer you're gonna kiss every girl in the room and i'm like like, yeah this is 2000 well i think i was given a card right or something and like you've got to kiss the girl next to you and then like i think the whole premise of of them watching you like you're an experiment is to show that you're you know an animal Yeah. yeah so i was like all right, and then I just don't know. I remember I kissed a fair few people, and then <laughs> and then they're just like, "All right, thanks." But like, yeah, I, I thought I was going to get close, but 
again, I'm glad I didn't because it's just, it's you know, you're just going to keep developing. Is that how you have to look at it, though? You keep saying, I'm glad this didn't happen, I'm glad that didn't happen. But really, at the time, if they had happened, you would have been over the moon. Not, yeah, but if that had happened, I wouldn't have kind of developed the way I have, like... So you think it's made you a better comedian? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I'm still, like, you know, working hard to to get better and um why why do you think comedians love you because every time you do something the support you get on twitter from the tony martins and all the other comedians do you understand the support you have yeah, in that community no yeah of course i do i feel i feel <laughs> not all comedians of course but you know what the ones who don't know me who have never met me properly they're usually the ones who um you know, might not be as vocal, but that's fine because we, we don't know each other. But sure. um, for the better part of, of people who I've worked with and who, who know who I am, I guess I'm not your normal comedian. Um, you know, what you see is what you get in, in many regards. And, um, you know, I think they just like that, that, you know, I am who I am and it's a bit, bit different, mate. You know, it's like, fuck. Well, you have led an extraordinary life. You know, like, I can't think of anyone who has led the kind of crazy-ass life that you've lived because you give anything a go. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the secret? You just give... It's almost like, you know, the concept of saying yes to everything. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big yes guy. I think um, I think it's a yes before it's a, like a no. It's always yes, but, you know mm -hmm. what I mean, rather than no, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I'm lucky that, like, you know, again, I, I can, I've got so many different ways I can use these stories or, or, you know, weird interactions that it's all content. It's, it's, and I don't mean to um, sully any experiences like some kind of, you know, that I'm some kind of sociopath just going out getting experiences for the sake of it. It's just like I'm enjoying it, but I'm also like, yeah, this is this is fucking cool, and it's also a good way to live your life. Like, you know, just going out because because we haven't got very long. We haven't got. Like, I, I'm we're all getting old, mm. and I think it's. I think it. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just think get out and have some fun. Don't take things too seriously. I think people take life too seriously. Do you ever take life too seriously? Do you? ever have those lows because you always seem up and happy and on fire but do you have those low lows you, you no i don't have i'm lucky that my kind of default is optimistic i'm yeah. i'm lucky like that um but uh you know you've got to you've got to you can't be freaking uh, up on the fucking clouds all the time no, but, you know course. you just got to come down and, um that's life you know you you and that's what we we're talking about before. It's like LA. Some of the more grinding times is when you get all of your material, yeah. Um, and and it makes you appreciate, you know, the the fireworks and stuff when they're there. It's it's part of life. But um, you know, without getting too philosophical. Oh, you can get philosophical, mate. It's, yeah, no, it's absolutely. Lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but look, um, you know, I um, I'm, I'm well. I think we're all pretty lucky, but I, I I've certainly. Uh, it's it's not lost on me that I'm very very lucky to be doing what I'm doing, to be making a living, for basically living my life. Yeah, you that's know? a great way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. A lot of people are so perplexed though about my career and how I make money. Like if I had a dollar anytime someone said, "So how how do you make money? And what what do you do again?" I'm like, <laughs> Mum, I've told you that it's, <laughs> you know, it's it's a million different things without having a full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. But you make a living. Yeah. And that's the great thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so we're sitting in a beautiful apartment overlooking Bondi. It's fabulous. What yeah. a view. Yeah. This is the uh, the Bondi production office for the Ash Williams show. This is it. Um, I've been uh, been very lucky to live here. We're actually moving out in two days. Uh, the landlord's coming back from Japan, um, so we're going to move out. And um, it was funny because my my current housemate's such a lovely guy, and uh, I pay <laughs> I pay four hundred right, which is like not much to live in this place. No, I wouldn't have thought so. This is a proper <laughs> pat. 
And I said to him last week, I said, listen, Lukey, um, just so you know, I'm willing to, to double what I'm paying. So I'll pay 800 a week. And he said, if you add another 200, 200 to that, that's what I've been paying for the last <laughs> six months. <laughs> See, you've got great friends. People look after you. I met this guy on the internet. Oh, really? Yeah, I met him. I met him. We did we did that deal in like um, two minutes. Two, it was a two minute. So, it, how do you get a deal like that where he's paying such a large amount of the rent? Uh, so he was looking for someone to pay six hundred bucks. Yeah. I walked in, um, you know, knowing that I could get that down. So I also knew the the ad had been on the internet for like a month. So I knew that this guy must be a little bit desperate. So I went in there and I said, listen, bro, um, great joint, great view, but like I'm at 400. And then I, I said, look, you do the math, you let me know. Walked away. Like any deal, you've got to be able to walk away. Mm. And then um, um, he called me that night and said, 400 is good. I was in the next day. <laughs> <laughs> and And... and- and you've you've had plenty of notice that you're moving out, but you didn't start doing anything until two days ago about it, yeah, finding no, a new place? No, no, it's just not how I roll. Like, you know, because, yeah, we've had a month warning that we're getting kicked out. Um, and uh, even I speak to Ed and Ed's like, aren't you stressing out? I'm like, no, man. <laughs> yeah, I'll be fine. I'll find somewhere. Well, I found somewhere. I was found a dude today who I think is trying to rip me off. But, it, it, you know, it's... But you'd found multiple places, hadn't you? You're like yeah, I had Spanish, Spanish girls. Yeah, the Spanish girls um, seemed like a short thing last night. Like they were, uh, <laughs> you know, because again, you've got you do these um, housemate dates, so yeah. to speak. It's sort of like Tinder dating without, you know, the the heavy petting. And it's like <laughs> I, I went in there and just gave her, gave them like 15 minutes of my best material. I was I was as pumped up as like a stand up gig before I went in there. I was like. Um, doing my, all of my Spanish gear. I was doing Rafael Nadal stats. And, um, and you know, they were laughing. I thought these girls are definitely going to want to have me stay. But, yeah, I lost that deal. Um, they texted me like an hour ago and said um, we gave it to uh, Dave Hughes. No, but um, <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, it's, uh, it's all good, man. It's, um, again, I think Bondi is such a, you know, do you, do you get to Bondi much? No, never. Bondi is, it's a game, man. It's kind of like LA. It's the best equivalent of LA in Australia. It's a, it's a bit of a bit of a game, man. You right. Know? Yeah. It's it's an experienced game, and there's 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 weirdos here, and and there's normal people, and you just go out there and you you meet them, and um, yeah, it's a it's a real life monopoly game. And I guess um, I'm moving from the equivalent of Mayfair where we are now, and then I'm moving to. Well, be the equivalent. Probably not the Strand. Probably not Leicester Square. I'm probably I'm going to go with someone like Paul Mall. I'm going to Paul Mall. Okay. The the purple ones yes. that are 160 bucks. I think. Anyway, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Wow. You know your monopoly. Oh pounds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Thanks, Robbie. I mean, yeah. Um, I've had a ball coming on. Um, congrats with everything that you're doing. Thank you, know. you mate. You know. Um, I don't know if if. Uh, the the audience, you know, get into it much, but mate, you, you you're you're one of the best TV producers that I've worked oh, with. Gosh. No, absolutely, and you you know the the sky's the limit, mate. You, you'll be uh, you know doing what you want. Well, as the song says, I'm a washed up TV producer, but I appreciate it. But I appreciate yeah, your but, kind words. Yeah, and you know, I think you're a real talent. I have. Loved working with you and I appreciate your time. I appreciate you having me into your house. And, uh, mate, I think you're a fucking legend. Thank you, Robbie. Yeah, mate. Um, right back at you. Um, I'm happy with where I am. And, uh, yeah, you just got to keep fucking getting better. That's that's Absolutely. Yeah. So also listen to my podcast. Uh, I know you plugged it before, but uh, yeah, 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 uh, download it. Give us all the details, mate. If you're still listening, uh, this has probably been going for fucking 90 minutes, but uh, (laughs) just just go to uh, uh, Ash Williams Show on any of the podcast platforms. We have some stuff going on on Instagram. Uh, and Twitter. Ah, and I hope I never get culled from the 500. Oh, you're in there. No, no, no. The the cull is um, it's stopping. 
Ah. So it's, it's you know that's the thing. It's like just as a backstory. It's like I've capped the followers on Instagram, um, so we can only have five hundred at, at any point in time. So we've got, we've now got uh, over a thousand trying to get in, which is pretty Amazing. crazy. Amazing, but yeah, um, <laughs> it's fucking insane. So yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, you've created you've created a cult. You've created by closing the doors. You've created a want. That's good marketing. It is good marketing. I just wanted to flip it because I find social media is really boring. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's it's so funny. It's just it's so funny that the the tropes and the social media uh, it's all the same. And I was like, I just what can I do that's a little bit different? So uh, it's it's something fun for for the podcast fans. Yeah. Yeah, love it, mate. Yeah. Well, once again, thank you very much for being on McKnight Tonight. McKnight Tonight. Here it comes. Fun, insightful interviews from a watched up producer with nothing to lose. McKnight Tonight. McKnight Tonight. McKnight Tonight. It's good night from McKnight Tonight. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.